Broadcasting from the den of the basement spiders, welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where I, Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduce one match per episode to my co-host who has never watched wrestling we talk about the backstory we watch the match and then we rank that match on our ever-growing list the purpose of this show is twofold first to see what happens when someone who's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches and secondly as a window into the mind of the man of a of oh, sorry okay, let me see. hold on hold on i changed it up so i, I misread it that's the first time okay now go ahead a window into the mind of the man of 54,097 compliments, the soul skater, the major D of Matt drama, the Tampa Bay topsider, the living painting, the talent, the TikTok tantalizer, flying Ryan Murphy. How is it going today, Ryan? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Another beautiful day in Vegas. No, not, not, not as much as you would think. Um, you did send me a clip of a recent golfing excursion that you went on where yeah. apparently it was a torrential downpour. Yeah, it's been happening almost. I don't think we've, I've, we've had one nice day here since I've gotten, since I've arrived in Vegas. As soon as I crossed the border from Idaho to, to Nevada, uh, rain and it has been constant. Um, and you know, it's flash flood warnings every day on my phone it's it's been wild. It's been a it's been a wild uh, weather, you know. Coming from Seattle, where it had to rain like two months, you know. <laughs> uh, this is this is all true. This is, um, <laughs> but you overall, would you say that you're enjoying your time in Las Vegas so far? Yeah, Las Vegas is nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not bad. We'll see. We'll see in another six months how uh, how Ryan's feeling. There, there's a little bit of of catch up, a little bit of of things that we need to kind of uh, veer into uh, before we kind of to get into the wrestling talk here today, which is you know what we always do. We do the wrestle science here at the Hard Mark Podcast, but I think from a wrestle science perspective, there was one really really important scientific breakthrough that I think kind of slip through the cracks that we didn't really address uh, a whole lot because of, you know, the hustle and the bustle mm. around your, your move, your impending, you know, relocation to beautiful Las Vegas. I think the biggest takeaway from last episode, it sounds like you don't hate Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan anymore. Yeah. I <laughs> decided to bring it back for a sec. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a good match, uh, and it changed some of my initial—not initial opinions—I think they've been kind of well-founded opinions. But um, right. well-founded uh, yeah, it, 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 it was a big shift in and kind of what I had uh, initially thought. So yeah, totally. That that was that was a good match. It was a solid match, and uh, it it did shift some things as far as how I thought about them for sure. Yeah, the begging, you know, all of that, like what? Yeah. So I would say ultimately, at the end of the day. That was very, very much a Hulk Hogan match, and it was very, very much a Ric Flair match. And despite yeah. the fact that, like, traditionally you have not really taken to either of those gentlemen 
apparently the the sum was the greater of their individual parts for you that or maybe maybe the the science is really finally starting to take hold and you started <laughs> appreciative of yeah. the true art of professional wrestling maybe that could be um i don't know what it was but there was something there that match had something uh, yeah to it for sure a little column a a little column b it's hard yeah. to to say for sure but i was very pleased um that you you did not shit all over that match so that was <laughs> what did uh, i what did i give that again what did i give oh, that one man. let's see i can verify <laughs> oh, i guess it's stuff in front of me. <laughs> you yeah. ranked that 11 so that is 11, currently yeah. 11 on our list of 44 matches that's pretty top quarter top 25 yeah. percent my math is not mistaken correct <laughs> that's pretty good um a couple things um again kind of getting off the the wrestle tangent here one thing that you just sort of casually dropped so we've been you know messaging back and forth here and there since you've relocated uh what's this about your dirt bike oh <laughs> um yeah i think i'm gonna get one <laughs> i think i'm gonna I'm going to go out there and I'm exploring this new scene in the, the <laughs> desert. And, you know, I need to be a part of it in different scene. ways. Yeah. So I think I'm going to grab a dirt bike. Yeah. I'll be able to hook it onto the back of my car. Okay. Uh, take it out to the trails, you know, and, and uh, explore the desert. Explore the desert that way. I've wanted one for a long time. Well, not like that long. Like, kind of. When I got the boat, like it was like, ah, oh, maybe I should have a dirt bike instead. I don't want to ask Jared to hold a dirt bike too, so I <laughs> stuck with right. the boat. But uh, now that I don't have the boat, I think uh, a dirt bike would be a, you know, a good good way to to just kind of pivot from from boating. So yeah, no, that's a. The, I mean, that seems like a natural natural transition to me. Just to clarify, <laughs> you kind I of just, talk. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so when you say dirt bike, we're not talking like a bicycle meant for like riding on the dirt we're talking like, like a motorcycle dirt bike thing right you, like, a motor- you, like a mountain bike is that yeah what okay yeah mountain bike okay so a dirt bike is is intrinsically one of those like little motorized putt putt little deals right jesus you are still like shitting all over it no i'm just i'm I, just I, I, got, I sent a text and i got a bunch of shit and like still like you you're the I way just, you're describing it is unfair to like anyone who might not know what a dirt bike is or think they're all over bike it. Like you do. I simply said you're getting a little old for dirt bikes, Ryan. You're um, you're you already remember what happened with the with the skates, which are still up for sale, Markomaniacs. We're waiting for any competitive offers that anyone I, has for his rollerblades. I mean, yeah. Did those uh, make yeah. it to Vegas? Oh yeah, they're in my they're in my closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or in the car, I can't remember. They're somewhere, but yeah, they they made it. So great. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> the guy rollerblading in the neighborhood now in, in a new neighborhood in the Las Vegas neighborhood. So not to change subjects, but I am I am still if anyone wants to purchase those, looking to maybe replace them with a new set of rollerblades. What? Uh, There's documentation on the podcast that you hurt your ankles last time you tried riding on them. Well, so here's the problem with these rollerblades, and I can send you you know an image that would that help you you know visualize this. But the wheels, there's three wheels on these. And they're very like they're very tall. They're made for speed, you know. And I'm not I'm a more of a brink skater, right? So like, you know, you get four blades lower to the ground, more control, you know, less okay. less ankle issues. Um, uh huh. Yeah. If that is making sense, but oh, I mean that makes that makes yeah. sense. I don't think that it's going to uh, help your your old man ankles, if we're being honest. 
I mean, I I think I still have it in me. I, you know, as a kid, you know, uh-huh. all the time. Right? So, but now, but now, dirt bike is also a thing. So you're going to be a rollerblading yeah. dirt biking guy down in Las Vegas. Yeah, we 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 hope. <laughs> we um, can only we can only pray. I, yeah. Do you know anyone who dirt bikes down there, or is this just going to be you solo I mean, going uh, down my, to the dunes? So one of my roommates has a bike, okay. uh, and it's not a dirt bike, but it's a street bike. So like you know. And you can, there's a lot of like, you know, tours and like, you can, you can go on with a guide. I, that's not what I want to do. I want to be out there, you know, by myself, you know, totally. sure, yeah. but Total I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know anybody, but that's okay. Like, um, yeah. just get high. I'll just go ride. You know, I don't no, know I'm, anyone. I don't know any Seattle who rides a dirt bike either. And I was, you know, <laughs> nor did I know anyone who boated in Seattle. So, right. right. You're just a trendsetter. But so, speaking of, of boats and boating, yeah. uh, guess what I did yesterday? You bought a boat. I did not I did not buy a boat. Okay. I no. I went on a boat though. You did. I was on it. I was on not just so. Okay. Here here's the sequence of events. My wife comes to me and she's like, "Do you want to go sailing?" And so then I then I, my response was like, mm, "What does that mean? Does that mean like going on on going on somebody's boat? Or are you talking about like actually sailing? Because like I wouldn't. I don't know anything about sailing, and I don't think I would be helpful." In, a, in that sort of situation. So I would just stay out of the way. And I really don't have an interest in sailing, but I'll go on a boat. Turns out it was a sailboat. Um, but you weren't responsible for the sails. Correct. I was not oh, responsible. Okay. I didn't do, I felt like kind of a piece of shit the whole time because I was not helping. And like, I was basically <laughs> just sitting there drinking uh, my spin drift and, <laughs> And just trying to stay out of the way as much as possible. So I felt completely just inept in that scenario. But, you know, I didn't get in the way. So there's at least that. Yeah. Um, it's ne- oh, totally. I, I think it's a it's a skill to be able to sail a boat for sure. Yeah. You don't have I mean, I mean, I could I could get on a power boat and like, you know, but that's that's easy. Right. Sailing a boat. That's why right. maybe down the line. But um, where was it? Was it out of Everett? <laughs> Um, where, oh, that's a good question. Where was it? Uh, no, we went down to, uh, Lake Union. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. 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 Very, very great day. It was a very nice day. Uh, it was very busy down there, but yeah, it was just kind of, um, there was a very small, it was a relatively small boat. Uh, there was like six of us on it and it was pretty much full on like the top level of the, of the boat. And every time you had to make like a big turn, we like, Basically, they would have to switch sides of the boat so they could get like visibility on like where the sail was covering up and stuff. Yeah. It was very, very chaotic. It was like the Britney Spears, you know, mid two thousands hashtag Free Britney the uh, documentary. <laughs> yeah, documentary yeah. that came out chaotic. I think that was what it was called about her life with K Fed. It was very much like that. Yeah, um, and then like you said, you feel like shit when you're not doing anything in a chaotic moment. You just but. Right. Get your head out of the way. You know? <laughs> Literally, my only job was switch from one seat to the other side of the, the seat on the other side of the boat. Yeah, that was, right, that was right, what right. me and Heather did uh, literally the whole time. Nice. nice. Uh, Good experience, though. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I was also <laughs> during this uh, boat ride. So the dude whose boat it was, I'd never met this person before. It was like a friend of a friend type of situation. So it was like me and my wife. And then a friend of hers who, like, I've met a, a few times, but then there were the other three people I'd never met before in my entire life. And so I'm, like, stuck in a boat with them. And it turns out we were stuck in a boat for five hours together. We got on this boat at 6, and we didn't get back until 1130. So this is a long-ass fucking time to be so, on this boat. 
So I think you're being a little overdramatic with the five hours. That's not that long. But the six to eleven, that's it's getting dark. Unless it was yeah. six a.m. Five uh, hours is a long time to be on a, that on a boat. Five hours is I would like it's almost not worth taking the boat out if you're not going to be out there for five hours. It w- uh, is what I would say to that. Well, okay. Well, let me let me let me hit you with this. So when you t- took people out on the heavy hooker, mm-hmm. were you confronting them with like your real committed theories about the uh, Mandela effect the whole time? <laughs> I don't have any theories about anything. <laughs> I bet you feel. I bet you're playing, trying to play coy right now, Ryan. But I bet you have some real deep-seated thoughts around Mandela effects because this fucking dude absolutely did. And like every conversation with this guy basically ended with like a, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like there's certain people where it's like they're so out there that there's really no way to like communicate with them in any meaningful like you're not going to change their mind and like they're nuts so they're not going to change your mind either so inevitably the conversation is just like yeah i could see that oh my you have no idea but i'll go into that later (laughs) what do you mean no i I totally hear what you're saying but i and so so when you when you when you live the context of staying on a boat for five hours dealing with that that's that brings some context into it eric and that makes sense okay Um, because yes it's (laughs) Yeah, very interesting. Have we talked about Mandela effects on the program before? Have we not? Okay, I wasn't sure because that's definitely like a typical bar conversation that I like having is talking about Mandela effects. I remember when I was, you know, training at our old, you know, in our old lives, um, I literally got uh, cornered by Uh somebody I was training. Like I sent everybody lunch and the guy like waited. Till it's just me and him. <laughs> He's just like, "Hey, have you ever heard of the Mandela effect?" And then he just would not leave. Like that's the main thing about these Mandela effect people is like they love just cornering you on boats or in rooms where you can't escape, and in like hitting you with all their crazy ass conspiracy so, theories so about, about is, this. Is it like is that like a community similar I to mean, other conspiracy or not? But like you know, like I don't know. If, conspiracy but like like i'm sure there is a well okay i so i was eventually i just started having like these side not that you can have these you know elaborate side conversations on a boat that's barely big enough for six people but eventually i kind of started but it sounded like there was some aliens thrown in the mix Mm. like it was a nice melting pot of aliens mandela effects like why is this all happening like that sort of thing like there were some reasons behind okay Okay. Yeah. yeah but there's probably like you know, Reddit communities and other things around different men. Actually, you know what? I watched a show where there was a meeting of people, um, like a, a, you know, like a convention of Mandela mm-hmm. effect people. How I, to John Wilson is the name of the show. He had an episode that, that dealt with people who were super into Mandela effects. So I'll, I'll be totally honest. I didn't really know like what it was. <laughs> I just looked it up. Have you been like, Googling it this whole time? I, I I just pulled it up and like, I got a kind of a brief description of what it was, but like it, uh, I mean, I don't really know if that's a cons- conspiracy. I mean, I guess like it's their prior member. There's some, is it like a, like a reincarnation type of like to some degree? Uh, I mean, there's probably some people like that, but no, I think the, <laughs> the main theory that I've heard is that there's like uh, another dimension, like a parallel dimension to ours. Oh, where oh, Those oh, things are like oh, seeping oh. into our dimension <laughs> okay, and changing okay, things okay. that we all know to be true. Yeah. But 
because they happen differently in this other dimension. Now all that information is seeping into ours. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, That's not what the brief uh, description went into, but yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Most important of all historical events, uh, the famous Sinbad movie about the genie called uh, Shazam. Mm. Very important. Um, so that's 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 really the kind of the key cornerstone of this whole Mandela effect theory is is the Sinbad movie Shazam, which is okay. not for the record. Just so everybody's clear. And yeah, clear. I mean, Shazam with Shaq. I've never heard it brought up before amongst uh, you know, and I've heard some pretty like you know out there stuff, but the Mandela effect has never never come up. So good to know. Um, and but you know, I I get now. Yeah, I take back what I said about your year five hours. That's a long time to be dealing with someone who. <laughs> to be fair, the dude was like super nice. He was very nice to take us out on his boat. Uh, he's not like he, the entire five hours was about Mandela effects, but there was a significant portion of the of the evening yeah. spent on, uh, you know, how many rows of seating was in JFK's car, that sort of thing. So maybe mm. next time, Ryan, I'm going to make a note for myself. Next yeah. time, we'll run through some Mandela effect things to mm-hmm. kind of get your memory of them and see if you've been affected by this phenomenon. I, I may have. All right. I, yeah. I'm making a note right now. Yeah. This is uh, look forward to that episode. What is Oh, this is episode 38. So episode 39 will be the Mandela effect episode. I'm calling it right now. Unlike Ryan. I've never told a lie. So once I'm saying this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be true. Um, and I guess we should probably address the fact. I mean, you know, we've been recording now for a little while. But, um, I mean, obviously this is virtual. Uh, I am in the Hedonism 4 residence here in beautiful Washington State. Uh, Ryan has now officially relocated to uh, Las Vegas. He is at Hedonism 5. Uh, this is virtual. We're still, I think this is going to sound much, much better than our original uh, virtual episodes uh, that we did kind of in the middle of the pandemic. But um, I do think we're, we're working on some stuff to kind of even even better refine this technique. So, you know, expect more developments there. But uh, again, I think I think this is probably going to be good. The Mark Maniacs are just uh, waiting to be quenched, uh, waiting for their, their, their biweekly dose of audio cream. So I think it's important that we give it to them in whatever fashion we can. But again, more advancements, more scientific uh, audio advancements coming soon. Right, right. Totally. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another Vegas thing. I know I'm I'm harping on the Vegas thing, but it's just uh, so novel. I've never. Well, that's not true. I've known people who've lived in Vegas, but no, no one that I've shared such close ties with sure. as you, Ryan. Uh, I want to ask you, and this is I know this is a very important thing to you. I know there's not a whole lot that you hold dear, but this is one of them. Sports. You're a big. You're you're a fairly big sports guy. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like baseball's tops. How do you think? What do you feel about football? You're kind of like I. I mean, I love Sundays are a great day just to hammer out football. Ten a.m. to eight eight p.m. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. So okay. So so fairly big. And and I mean, we've I know we've talked about this before. You're a big Mariners fan. Yeah. You're you're a Seahawks fan. Mm -hmm. Now that you're not in Seattle, now that you've relocated to Las Vegas. This gives you the opportunity to update your sports fandoms. I think this, you know, you're saying to somebody in casual conversation, oh, yeah, I lived in Las Vegas for, for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, this gives you that opportunity to, to refresh things. Are you are you planning? Are you considering changing any sports allegiances? So good question. <laughs> uh, no. Well, no. I mean, they don't have a, they don't have a baseball team. And it right. didn't matter. I would. I go to New York. I go anywhere in the world. I you know, 
the Mariners don't make the playoffs the rest of my life, I'm still a Mariners fan. All right. Okay. That's sure. just it. Right. Seahawks, kind of same thing. Now, hockey, though, there is okay. this. We have the Kraken coming out in Seattle. And right. then you have the, like the Golden Knights out here in mm-hmm. Vegas. And I don't, I'm trying to get a feel for how like they are about hockey. And, uh, but, you know, I, You're I think a free agent fan right now. I think I'm, so. And like, I know like our, like the company I'm working for has like these like box seats constantly. And like, we own, like, we're very big advertisers with them. So like, if they put me in there and it's like sick, <laughs> I, that could easily sway me into, you know, I mean, right. I think it's, I think it's a fair way to, to, look. but I think right now I'm leaning towards the Kraken, okay. you know, as a Seattle native. But if they, if they buy me, if they purchase my like fandom here with like, right. you know, ad dollars, and I, I could be swayed <laughs> on that, on that, on that side. I'm uh, very much not surprised that you could be bought and sold on that particular team right, for this sport. That sport, you yeah. can't do it. You couldn't do it with with baseball. You couldn't do it with football either. I I don't think you do a basketball either. I'm like a I'm, I grew up with the Sonics, so. But the hockey, they don't, have I think, a, they don't have a team in Vegas, right? A basketball team? Not yet. I I don't. I haven't heard it. But no, they don't. Right. right they have right. a huge. They have like several huge stadiums, though. So it might not be, you know, out of the question to to get one. I don't know. You can st- so and just so everybody knows, I, I we may have said this last episode. I don't recall, but there uh, we I am going to be going, and I'm going to keep reminding Ryan because he's not going to remember otherwise. I I am going to Las Vegas Memorial Day weekend of 2022 i'm going there we are going to watch a professional wrestling show um from my favorite professional wrestling company going right now today uh which is all elite wrestling i highly encourage anybody who is maybe a lapsed fan maybe you haven't seen wrestling in in a while you you have fond memories as a kid i know some people have reached out to me like oh you know i've been listening to hardmark and i checked out raw it's like i would not recommend i would not suggest that anybody take time out of their their day to watch Monday Night Raw. That is such a goddamn slog. Uh, I grew up on WWE. Like, I don't hate WWE. I just, I would never subject anyone that I care about to a three-hour episode of Monday Night Raw. Now, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday evenings, that's a different story. I think there's a lot of excitement on that show. People who grew up with Sting, Taz, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts, all the legends, and they've got a lot of really a uh, young talent that is super exciting and everything. So that would be the recommendation that I would make to anybody who's been kind of curious to dip their toe into the current wrestling scene. Uh, AEW is, is the spot to go to. So that's, that's my rant around that. Yeah. Just shoot me an Alec invite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anything else around the sports fandom thing that we should, uh, we should mention. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think, I, I think I'm going to start, betting on more sports all the time but yeah i mean we'll see how that goes <laughs> you <laughs> I lost my first one so that <laughs> which was the sun's uh yeah yeah sun's bucks sun's bucks game yeah, you put yeah, 100 over. bucks down yeah put 100 bucks down what was the, what would the payout have been on that like 90 90 something dollars okay so, so I within, won 190 yeah within one week of you showing up to las vegas mm-hmm. you went to the sports book lost uh, went golfing, got a, hor- a torrential rainstorm. Yeah, yeah. Have you won anything? Has anything good happened to you since? So been- I, I did. I that day, I I offset my loss in three card poker. I won, you know, like over hundred bucks. But then I went back and played again because you know, like Friday night, 
I might even go tonight. I'm not sure yet. But right. um, I ended up, I lost $240 like the next time I went and played. <laughs> and I, I was up too. I was up like 150 and I kept like, I kept playing and I, I just ended up taking it all. Like I brought, I, you know, I what I when I go to the casino, I bring with me what I have. You know, I have to gamble in cash, and I don't take any more money out of the ATM. <laughs> and I try to like once I'm up, I try to like leave. But this time something like got me, and I I'd waited so long to get on the table because I only had one open that I was committed. Right, I was gonna either win like what I'd originally put on, or I was gonna lose it all, and I I lost two hundred four. So I, I think overall, like I'm down like 350 bucks <laughs> since i got here which is you know i mean that's chump change to a guy like chump, you. right i mean i got money coming in now you know like right yeah exactly uh, it is hilarious to me that you literally moved there for a job and yet you you have already lost a, a fair amount of money uh since you've been yeah. there yeah no i i yeah i'm down at the casinos um you'll come back I, you gotta you gotta spend money to make money Right, yeah, my my parents need to be concerned about it, but not me. Like, <laughs> um, if you learn, please tell me if you learn Pi Gal, because I've I've always heard that Pi Gal that's the one you got to play if you want to, you know, like, stand a chance at making some money. Yeah, uh, that could be total bullshit, but I feel like that's the no, case. I I would say, I mean, in my opinion, yeah, three card poker is my go to. I think there's a way to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not. A lot of people play it poorly, and I don't see why. You know, you've gone anyway, through this strategy before. Yeah, you don't play in this, the, in this the game, but I, yeah, I'll have to expand. I'll have to expand. You know, and I'll let you know how that goes, and and uh, we'll see. Ryan's running gambling uh, losses. Yeah, just keep keep track of it. I'm sure Greta yeah. will be curious to hear how that goes for you over the course of the year. A couple of quick scenarios. We'll get to the wrestling in just a little bit, but but there's a couple of things. So I I celebrated an anniversary recently. I, I oh. went to Newport, Oregon. Yeah, uh, congratulations, you guys. I... Thank, thank you, thank that's, you. Bro. That's very nice. How many For how many years? Seven hour drive. Holy shit, it sucked. Newport, God. Oregon is is sick. I I had a really good. We went down there. Sorry, not to like get on. Uh, but you're gonna do this. Yeah, when I was 20, and that was one of the best, like, little, like, small vacations I've had in Newport, Oregon. Uh, Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, like, oh, I would definitely go back because it's just so far away. But, uh, but yeah, no, I liked it. If you you find yourself in the area, I would would recommend checking it out. Uh, Four years. Four years. Oh, okay. Yeah, four. How long have you guys been together in total? Uh, We have been together. It'll be, um, it'll be eight years um, in... Just a couple months. Just a couple years behind us. Yeah, that's that's true. But you know, <laughs> what, what one of us? One, I'm not going to say who. One of us, yeah. uh, you know, made the the ring sure. ring purchase, and the other one uh, didn't. Right. And I'm not talking the security system, Ryan. I'm talking the real deal <laughs> matrimony. Yeah. Uh, couple couple quick questions for you before we get into wrestling. I've got a scenario for you. Mm. This is something that I saw. Well, I kind of sort of saw it but I just want to get your ear input on it. This was a video that was sent to me by a friend of the show. So there was a guy who was videotaping a kangaroo. Presumably mm. this was in Australia, I would assume. Uh, so this kangaroo was just hopping around and then it did the thing that like all animals do on funny videos when they're near water, they misjudge the ledge. And then this kangaroo while hopping just went straight into the water, which like, nah, that's funny. 
but like you don't really see what happens to the kangaroo and it looked like it wasn't just like a pool this was like a fairly uh substantial body of water that it like fell into and the next thing that happens is like the guy recording like pulls his phone down really really quick and like is just kind of a mad scramble and then then it just the feed cuts out so it's like i'm not sure what that fucking guy was gonna do like I don't know why you wouldn't just keep filming. Like, presumably, it seemed like he may have been trying to save that kangaroo. So my question to you, Ryan, is if there was a kangaroo that was drowning, would you attempt to save it? Um, well, as a lifeguard. Oh, you know, for so many years. <laughs> at, an, at an indoor wine Yes. <laughs> um, well, first of all, first of all, I, I appreciate the guy putting his phone down to at least like try to do something instead of just recording it because there's too many people who just record shit like that and just, you know, watch a right. kangaroo die. That's so box. So um I I think I think they're kind of dangerous animals, but like if there was a oh, way yeah. that, that I could like it wait, like, I don't know what kind of but I haven't seen the video. Like if there was a way to try to like, you know, ease him back in or like get him with something and maybe his tail, you know, like get him back to shore. If it was, right. I mean, yeah, like I would, I would totally try. Like, I don't know if I would jump in and like, you know, grab this kangaroo, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but I think they're, you know, that could be dangerous for me. You don't want to put yourself that, you know, that was the big thing. You don't, you don't try to save someone or, you know, if they're trying to drown you, you just, you just let them go. Uh, no, so the my answer is no. I would absolutely not uh, do it. You, not because I like have a hatred of kangaroos, but like I would be. They're very strong. Their uh, their feet have gigantic claws that can basically like eviscerate you. Like they can just tear you the fuck up. And I think like not out of any malice from the kangaroo, but I think if you were to like jump in and try and save it, it would like fuck you up real bad. Like so, just in its struggle. I, I I agree with you, but if you, I, I would try to snag it. Also, like, can kangaroos swim? I have no idea. I have no idea if kangaroos can swim or not. Can, 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 I mean, yeah. there are. Are they just a big rodent? They probably can. This is usually ta- their tail when swimming. Kangaroos are good swimmers. Oh, okay, so you don't <laughs> even need to. Right. You know, if you, I mean, he should have. He should not dropped his phone. He should have just Googled it really quick. <laughs> and and you know, there be no chaos. Yeah. Google and then just turn the the camera back to him. Like, oh, it turns out actually. <laughs> Kangaroos yeah. can swim pretty good, yeah. and then then he stops the recording. That and then way, post not... it right to TikTok. You know. Okay. Like... Well, now I don't feel bad about just letting it, you know, do its thing. Yeah. All right. Well, there, there, you, there you have it. Um. Yeah, but I mean, like, maybe you could like la- The only thing I would consider to say, let's say that there's a kangaroo that was like not a good swimmer, and you could tell that it wasn't. The only thing I could maybe consider if I had like a buddy is trying to like lasso the kangaroo and like pull it, pull it up. Like, it's just tail so... or something. Yeah tail or just even just around its i don't know head and arms i'm not sure something like that i would try that but i would definitely not jump in with a kangaroo i feel like animals like struggling to do something is one of the worst like things to to see in my opinion yeah (laughs) i feel like worse than like a human like out there i just learned why don't you learn how to swim you know like right but kangaroo just like misjudged this jump now he's in the water oh you know poor guy he never had a chance to learn how to swim i guess they're great swimmers but you know um, sure anyway i I would feel it would pull up my heartstrings i would try to i'd want to do something but i don't think i would like yes i would not jump in and try to try to save him it's that homeward bound uh experience this talk i think homeward bound made you a lot more uh sensitive to animal animal struggles it did it did my opinion yeah um 
what was was I going to say? Oh, my my dad actually. So my parents uh, went to Australia like pre pandemic. Wow. Um, it was like their first time outside of uh, the U.S. and Canada. Actually, that's a big trip to take a you know first time. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> very big trip. And at one point, they they went to like a I don't know if it was a kangaroo farm or just like a thing that happened to have kangaroos on it. But like for a little bit of money, you could like get a bag of food that you could then feed the kangaroos with whatever, which, you know, a fun little touristy thing. You know, you've never been to Australia before. Sure. I'll feed some kangaroos apparently. And like, my dad's not a small guy. My dad's like a pretty big dude. My dad has this bag of kangaroo food and this kangaroo like comes up to him and just grabs the fucking bag. So now my dad is holding onto this bag. Is he fighting for it? kangaroo is holding onto this bag. <laughs> and my dad just like, thinks about it for a second and he just lets the bag go <laughs> just hops around like that's not how that's supposed yeah. to go you're supposed to like du- divvy it up but this kangaroo is just like i'm taking this fucking bag right now uh so yeah i wouldn't fuck with a kangaroo yeah there's like a lot i mean you see those like feeding videos through like if you're going you know through yellowstone or whatever and they're like or like emus hopping into cars and like they just don't give a shit like they just they want the whole bag like you know and <laughs> did you yeah, ever pro- see that kangaroo that got punched in the face by that dude. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen that. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a guy who really may, I mean, he may, he may jump in and try to save it. Yeah. already punched the kangaroo, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he uh, might jump in and just punch it in the water. Who knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen that, just as a quick frame of reference, I'm not just advocating that people punch kangaroos. This kangaroo look, literally had his dog in like a chokehold, like headlock thing and was trying to like kill his dog. And so the guy comes up and he like squares up the kangaroo for like just a second or two and just gives him a right cross right to the jaw. And like the kangaroo was so stunned. He's just like, what the fuck just happened? I highly encourage it. And maybe I'll post it. Maybe I'll try and post that on the Hardmark uh, Instagram channel. But yeah, highly like recommend reading or watching that. Fucking kangaroos. <laughs> what a <laughs> weird animal. Like They are uh, weird. They're pouches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be a shocking thing to see in real life. Uh, but, <laughs> I agree. Maybe yeah. in Vegas, you know, whatever. Yeah, see yeah. in Vegas, it stays yeah. in Vegas. Let's get into wrestling. Let's let's. I think we've dilly dallied long enough. We should we should talk about some wrestling now. And you know, if other things happen, so be it. Our match today, Ryan. I was like giving you the name of the city because you never know like what feelings you have about. I mean, Tampa Bay. You, you do know that, and by the time this makes air, this will have already happened, but uh, WWE is running a really big wrestling show in yeah, Las Vegas in August. Oh, in Las Vegas, they went. Um, the, big, the big new arena. The same night as the Pacquiao fight is uh, SummerSlam. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so this is like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying you should go. In fact, scientifically, it would probably be a good idea for you not to go, but that that is yeah. something that's happening. Could, could I get in? Like, do you think it would be easy enough to find tickets to, like... That arena is point. gigantic, right? Well, I mean, I mean, you're the one who told me, like, you know, <laughs> I don't think feel so. like, you know, I'm assuming tickets are on sale now. I don't know that they are. I'm assuming I mean, because it's happening in like three weeks. Um, and I think that the event is I mean, that arena is gigantic. So I yeah, if you wanted to get in, you have unless there is like some sort of emergency or like, oh, the Delta variant of COVID's like fucking out of control. Unless something like that happens, you could absolutely get in and, and do that. OK, so you're you making your Google face right now. I, I see. <laughs> is, no, I am. I am Googling. But yeah, <laughs> this is my. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, that's okay. But anyway, so that that's happening. So that that's you know, if if you you got to tell me because I have mixed feelings about this. I would love to hear about it, but I also kind of want to be the one to kind of take you uh, in May, Memorial Day weekend, let you kind of know what's up with with pro wrestling. But either way, that that has nothing to do with with our our match here today. I'm going to hit you with a city name, Milwaukee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> it's a very sensual sound for Milwaukee. I, I, I don't honestly really give a shit about Milwaukee. Like, that's just this, <laughs> like a city. That's, okay, yeah. hold on. Let's see. So, wh- which places has Ryan shit on so far in this podcast? Uh, Canada, which uh, <laughs> shout city. out. Yeah, the whole, the whole country of Canada. You yeah. pretty much shit on it. Remember when we watched the Kenny Omega match? You were like, "Oh yeah, he looks like a typical Canadian." Like, yeah. And we have a, a big fan out of Canada. Shout out yeah. to Pessimism at its finest, one of the programs that I've guested on in the in the past. Big Canadian fan of the Hard Mark podcast. But uh, yeah, Canada, you shit on Tampa Bay. Clearly, you shit on sub with a lot of subtext. Like you say you like it, but like you only like it because it's shitty. Uh, I'm pretty sure you shit on Hawaii one time. Um, is that it? I don't remember shutting on Hawaii, but like it happened. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure. And now I, Milwaukee. You, I feel like you're saying well, I don't give a shit that. about Milwaukee. I don't. I don't. Like, I, yeah, Milwaukee is is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I could. I could honestly care less about Milwaukee's <laughs> one of the most boring cities I think I could ever like. You could bring up. So, would I go? Probably not. Like maybe. Like, but you know, sure. I I have no attraction to. <laughs> uh, to, to Milwaukee. Uh, well, that's where our match here today takes place, Ryan. What, what so year? This is going to take place in 1996. Oh, well, 1996 Milwaukee is a little bit different than, you know. Uh, elaborate, please. <laughs> I assume it was better. Um, <laughs> I actually have no idea. Just, uh, the, the, really, the peak of Milwaukee was 1996. Everybody knows that. That's when I think they the were... peak of a lot of cities are probably 1996. Yeah, uh, prime, prime Ryan, prime Milwaukee. These are all things that existed throughout the 80s and 90s, to, but not so much today. So uh, I'm going to do my best as we talk about this match here today to not allow flying ryan to bait me into any arguments that's going to be my my goal as we go throughout here today i know he's very hot down there he's i don't think he's sweating he's glowing a bit but he's not sweating he's got a fan on the background hopefully that's not too distracting to people to hear the fan noise you're gonna have to to, i thought about like asking him to turn it off but then i was like there's no fucking way he's gonna well let me know how this one runs and then we'll we'll adjust as needed but like that fan is is uh crucial so (laughs) noted okay that's a cost of doing business i understand so uh today's match features not just one but two competitors that we've actually seen before Luckily for us, we don't have to get into a whole lot of, you know, background about each of those individuals, although they've both undergone some transformation since their last appearance for better or for worse. So our first person in our match today is one of Ryan's favorites, one of my favorites. He goes by the name of Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. When I hit you word association, I, I say Jake the Snake. What do you what's the first thing that pops into your brain? I mean, I just recently watched uh, Boy Meets World where um, Vader fights Jake the Snake. And right. it was the first time I had pulled together kind of like my two worlds, right? Like <laughs> this wrestling podcast and then my my childhood. Um, I, I've seen that episode probably like, I don't know, 10 times. And like, for you know, that but was it never like, sunk Jake, in. Like you probably Jake just the thought, snake. oh, these are two dudes. You didn't realize just another wrestler. Yeah. Or like, or like, 
or like a fake guy, like you know, like a, Jake the Snake sounds like a ridiculous name, like. Um, so that you was. Know, all this I was like, Greta, holy shit! Like, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> you have any uh, idea? He's <laughs> King Cobra on a human being one time. He brings very yeah. real snakes with him to the ring, Greta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jake the Snake. This is again 1996. So Jake had returned to the WWF at the beginning of 1996 after a nearly four-year absence. So Jake was presented as a feel-good Cinderella story. He was getting up there in age, but he's hoping for one last run before he hangs it all up. Uh, So Jake, unsurprisingly, had a long and well-documented issue with drugs, alcohol, sex. We've actually touched upon those topics in the past, talking about the little prank that he played on Ravishing Rick, where the girl kind of went down on Jake and then gave Ravishing Rick a little gift when she got the rude awakening in the ring later that day. Uh, (laughs) uh, But since that time, he had had, uh, incorporated his newfound sobriety and newly found religion into his character. So he would frequently quote scripture from the Bible and talk about how he'd been saved from his past life of depravity. And whereas his previous snake, his original snake was named Damien. Uh, His new snake uh, was under the name of revelations. So I don't know if we discuss this. I feel like I should have brought it up, but like, so he had, he had one snake. It wasn't Mm, like, well, well, now he has two, right? There's, but are you talking are we talking storyline or are we talking real life? I guess both. Okay. In real life, he would go on tour for, you know, however long at a time, a month at a time, let's just say, mm-hmm. although it could be longer. And at the start of that tour, he would meet up with like whatever animal handler, et cetera, and they would give him a snake. So it was not always the same snake. Okay. He but he, but he, it was under the same name, basically. Correct. Yeah. yeah it was the okay. same type of snake. It was always a, uh, it was either a boa constrictor or like a yeah. python. It's just like a big burly ass snake. A uh, yellow, a big yellow snake. A big like green blackish snake. I thought it was a yellow snake. No. Oh my god. The new Maybe. snake. You're thinking of Boy Meets World, I bet. I am thinking of Boy Meets World. Revelations <laughs> was a big yellow snake. Okay. All right. So that's the new snake. The original snake was like when you think of a snake, you're thinking of Jake's snake, which was you're a right. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean. What are you doing right now? What is I'm, happening? I'm just saying, if you, uh, it's probably like 3070. There's a lot of yellow snakes on. Uh, Hold on, let me. Running. What are you searching for exactly right now? It's just like Jake a, the snake. Like a lot of a lot of the like the poses he's posing with the yellow snake. Seems like. So you just did Jake the snake, and then. Yeah, just image search. That's old man Jake. That's Revelations, which is what we're talking about. Okay, okay. Every other snake that you're seeing as you scroll down that page is like, you know, green and black spots. Like totally. Yeah. yeah, That's that's Damien. The the yellow one is Revelations, which is also what you saw on Boy Meets World (laughs) Online. Because that was around the same era that's older match that we're watching here today. That's old Jake. Yeah. Even older now, but that that was like even at this time you'll hear commentary references. He was presented as like kind of like this is his last run. Like this is his last kind of moment in the sun before before he hangs it all up, that sort of thing. But yeah, the original snake was Damien. Then he briefly had the cobra, which we saw attack Macho Man. That snake didn't have a name. That was just like, oh, fuck, it's a King Cobra. And then the new snake was given the name of Revelations, again, to tie in with the whole you know Christianity mm. thing. <laughs> nice. Uh, anything else around that? 
No, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for this episode's match, Jake found himself in the finals of the 1996 King of the Ring tournament, which is an annual multi-man series meant to highlight and showcase the top talent in the company with the winner being crowned the King of the Ring. So that's not like it's not like a title or anything. It's just kind of like a, you know, I won the home run derby, like that sort of thing. Like maybe a little bit more prestige than that, but it's meant to kind of elevate people from being, you know, here to way up towards the top of the company. Uh, So uh, overall, as a concept, it's similar to the King of the Deathmatch tournament that we watched, just without the broken glass or barbed wire or thumbtacks or anything like that. Uh, So Jake had wrestled Vader earlier in the night, uh, the man who broke the job guy's back. He tore off Cactus Jack's ear and in his greatest crime against humanity starred in Boy Meets World. So that same guy that you saw the episode in, he (laughs) wrestled. Greatest crime in humanity. Yeah, yeah, that was the biggest (laughs) crime. More so than breaking the job guy's back, more than ripping Cactus Jack's ear off, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Do Do you concur? I don't know if I concur on this. <laughs> okay, that's fair. We can go. We can move forward. So Vader, Vader was disqualified in that match, and he proceeded to attack Jake the Snake after the bell, injuring Jake's ribs and storyline, and leaving him wounded going into the last match of the tournament. So that's kind of Jake's narrative arc going into uh, into this match here today. Any any questions around any of that? Uh, I do not. Okay, cool. Are you curious to hear about his opponent? Yeah. Uh. No? Okay. All right. Well, uh, if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, so Jake's opponent in the finals is another man we've also seen before. Uh, his name is Steve Austin. Oh, I'm okay. I, when we last saw Steve Austin, he wasn't actually Steve Austin. He Well, he, I mean, that's not technically true. He was Steve Austin. He was stunning Steve Austin. Oh, really? Yeah, his name was Stunning Stunning Steve Austin. So is he now Stone Cold Steve Austin? Well, let me here. Give me a moment here. Well, well, let's talk about this. All right. right. I like what I'm watching your face. I'm going to know if you're Googling things that you're not supposed to be Googling. I don't want you to get an unfair advantage just because we're doing this virtually now. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You little cheat. Just Googling things, you know, like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. okay, sure. I, I know, I know you're easily bought. I know how this works. So, Steve Austin, a little bit of backstory around Austin. So, we last saw him back in episode 34. Uh, this is now episode 38. So, it hasn't really been that long since we uh, first saw Steve Austin. But uh, in that episode 34 match, it was a scaffold match. And back then, he was a young, cocky, and he had a big, beautiful mane of blonde hair, which you were thrown off by because it wasn't the Steve Austin that you thought of. Um, So the remainder of his time in WCW was uh, unremarkable. Austin showed a lot of potential, but there wasn't a lot of upward mobility within that company. And Austin, as a result of that, languished in the mid-card. He never quite breached into the main event picture. Uh, In fact, in WCW, he was told that with his black trunks and black boots that there wasn't a whole lot that they could do to market that. And as a result... As the company moved in a different Hulk Hogan-focused direction, Austin would find himself released by that company in 1995. So he got fired. What a mistake. What a mistake. Well, I mean, we'll get, I guess we'll see scientifically if that was a mistake or not. Uh, from there, Austin had a brief in ECW, a company that you and I both have a lot of fond memories of. 
Uh, that was really the place that he was given the platform to show his personality and prove that he could deliver in a main event role if he was given that opportunity. And so that ECW run only lasted for a couple months before the WWF came calling. And one thing <laughs> that we haven't really gotten into a whole lot, and you might, I don't know, you might not give a shit about this, or maybe you have some questions. We'll see. But one thing that we haven't talked about yet is some of the backstage elements of the WWF, uh, specifically Vince McMahon and some of his uh, picadillos, we'll call them, for lack of a better term. So one thing that has been the case now for several decades, a very, very long time, is how Vince, Vince McMahon, would always much prefer to use a creation of his own rather than something that has been imported from something else. We'll see plenty more examples of this in the future, but in this case, that led to Steve Austin, a man who had been featured on national television for the past four years, even with a different company, but still, that's still national exposure. Uh, that led to him being rechristened as the Ringmaster, the Master it. of the Ring. So he's there's, this is a middle tier for. Well, uh, yes and no. We'll 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 talk about this a little bit. Uh, so any questions around around that? So so the whole renaming of of shit that the WWE loves doing, and I can tell you the reason why. Mm-hmm. It's for copyright reasons. They don't they like owning their properties. They don't like if their talent kind of owns their own names for better or for worse. Yeah. So they like kind of owning it. So then if they leave, then it's like, oh, well, you have to, you know, change your name. So you can't be the same property that we own, that sort of thing. So like if the Undertaker left the WWF, he wouldn't have been the Undertaker. He would have been like, uh, I'm Marky, Marky bad guy or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Marky dead man. So something like that. Okay, so we got the ringmaster, right? It is not Steve Austin. This is the ringmaster. Unsurprisingly, Steve Austin knew... Go ahead. Sorry. I know you gave me a opening to ask a question. I <laughs> um, was He wouldn't be commonly... like people. Would people know about this commonly? Like, his name is the ringmaster? Defi- I mean, commonly? Like, yeah. In like, wrestling I mean, circles? Yes. It, outside of wrestling circles? No. Okay, okay. Yeah. So people like, who followed wrestling would... You know, that wouldn't be like, like to me, that would be a weird name, like the ring. I've never heard that, but right. I I think for a long time, there were uh, people who would always like most times they'll take a guy and Vince McMahon will sit down with the guy and be like, what do you like to do? Like, tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. And they'll like kind of tailor a character around that. In some situations, rarely, they've just had kind of stock characters where it's like, I've got an idea for a character. We need to find somebody mm-hmm, who can kind mm-hmm. of do this. If we don't have any better ideas, let's just do that. The ringmaster was an example of that. So, like they had this idea yeah, of like, this guy's a really good wrestler. He's the master of the ring. And so that's what they gave to him. It's very generic. It's know. generic as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So Austin knew that, that gimmick sucked. But he accepted it in the hopes that it would just be his foot in the door and down the line he could improve things, you know, in the future. So after about six months with the company, that opportunity opportunity presented itself. So Vince and the creative team at the WWF literally just threw up their hands and didn't have any ideas on where to go with the ringmaster. So Austin was given the go ahead to revamp this character after he watched a documentary around mob hitman uh, Richard the Iceman Kuklinski. That was the spark that created the basis of this new character that Austin wanted to perform as. So Austin informed the WWF of his desire to create a merciless, ruthless, cold-blooded character. And in return, 
he was presented literally, this is actually what happened. He was presented with pages of possible names for this character, which included things like Ice Dagger, Fang McFrost, and Chili McFreeze. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. People, people were getting paid to come up with these types of names. Uh, fully aware that all those names sucked, Austin continued to think it over when one night his English wife turned to him and said to drink his tea before it became Stone Cold. And Stone Cold Steve Austin was born. I thought it was going to be like a, a beer story, but this is almost better. <laughs> Um, I I like it. I like I like where it came from, Uh, and it just it just sounds better than any of the other. You know, I mean, these guys are paid to like come up with names, and they came up with that. You know, Chili McFreeze. Yeah, that's that's doesn't even flow. Like it's like a uh, name you would come up with, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to do this. Yeah, you could probably Uh, do a better job. But yeah, so Stone Cold's in the in even though like he's got the same name. The beer element, like a lot of the things that you would necessarily equate to uh, Steve Austin, those aren't formed yet. Like that's like this is still yeah. he he has just grabbed hold of this character and his basis for it is a mob hitman. Like he wants to be just the most evil, sadistic piece of shit in the world. Like that's how he's envisioning this character at the moment. So I don't know if you're aware, like you guys are not a TikTok guy, but Stone Cold has a pretty big presence on TikTok. I was not uh, aware of this. Please, the the TikTok tantalizer, Ryan Murphy, hit us, hit us, hit us with your hottest. I mean, he has that. He has that. And so I, I haven't actually seen the match, and I won't look into it. But it's the, I mean, it's this big entry, right? Like the announcers are going, "Why, oh, Stone Cold, Stone Cold," and like you know, but they're doing something else, like you know, there's some other playoff on what he's actually like the entrance, and but um, it is, it is a, like it's almost like a constant like meme uh, of Steve Austin. Uh, hopping into the ring on, on that one. And it's a, it, I just see it all the time. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen the match, but <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. And so the, the crowd reaction, he's still a bad guy at this point in time. The crowd reaction's not there. He had only yeah. like literally changed his name from the ringmaster to stone cold, Steve Austin within the previous like month or two. So this is like the very, very, very beginnings of Steve Austin as we would come to know him, but he looks, I mean, he's got the look that we all kind of know that we all know and love, but uh, that's fine. Character- that's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> show me Steve Austin. Yeah, no, no speckled robe, no long yeah. blonde hair, yeah. none, none of that stuff. So, uh, as far as Austin leading up to to this tournament match today, which again we know that he wrestles Jake the Snake, Austin had wrestled a tournament match earlier that evening, and he had suffered a busted lip that required him to go to the hospital, quickly get fourteen stitches in his mouth, and then hustle back so he could wrestle in the finals of the tournament. Quality, so, like, <laughs> dedication to your job. So ultimately, we have two injured men in a battle of attrition. We have Austin looking to make a name for himself and finally ascend to a higher level position within the company that had eluded him his entire career. Again, he got fired from WCW, so he really wants to make a name for himself in the WWF, while Jake is looking for one last moment in the sun before the twilight of his career. And that is the match we're watching here today. Ryan's record as it stands right now is at 23 and 21. Is that right? No, that is right. Yeah, we've watched 44 matches. So yeah, 23 and 21. Pretty good. You're starting to make some headway above that 500. You've been you've been uh, teetering. Uh, I I, uh, not recently. 
any any thoughts before we watch this thing? Any anything you're curious about? Any any kind of initial? Are you I'm a Steve Austin guy. I'm already leaning Steve Austin. Are you that so is, confident that, is, that you're willing to make that your pick right now? Or are you going to wait? I was. Ju- yeah, I am that confident that I will make the pick prior to watching the match, and and we'll see how it plays out. Are we sure that? Are you sure that you want to do that? You're. Is that is that what we're doing? You're making the pick of Steve Austin right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm okay. in Vegas. All right. Sometimes the you get yeah, yeah. Your luck's got to change eventually. You can't get rained on all the time. Eventually, there's got to be some sun break in that clouds. Maybe this is going to be the the moment you've been waiting for. I don't know. I think so. I think throughout this 44 podcast, I think this is this is it. All right. All right. Well, in that case, we will take a brief brief commercial break come right back and give you our thoughts on jake the snake roberts versus stone cold steve austin thanks everybody hello folks a quick update on the hard mark merch front i know it is that time of year where everybody's everybody's giving gifts everybody's everybody's getting trinkets so this is me letting you know that the the shipping cutoff dates for the Hardmark merch shop for standard shipping is December 9th. So make sure if you are giving a wonderful Hardmark gift to a loved one that you are getting that order in prior to December 9th to ensure that it arrives on time. And hey, those stickers, hell of a little stocking stuffer, if I may say so myself. Also, quick other announcement. Uh, I think we're going to be freshening things up in the Hardmark shop in the in the near near future. So, if there's a design that you've had your eye on, I have a feeling that the the standard logo that's not going away anytime soon. But like some more of the other things, um, those may be cycled out in the near future. More more to come about that once I've given it a little bit more thought. Uh, but we'll have some different merch, some new merch, some of the old stuff may be retired. But yeah, just something to be aware of. So if you've been kind of like, eh, wanting to make a purchase, maybe you've really had your eye on some of the R-Blade or Die, for example, that that may be retired um, come the end of the year. Uh, also, the accolades of Ryan kind of going through all the various ties. The Man of a Thousand, which he's not even that anymore. The Man of a Thousand Compliments, the Soul Skater, the Mater Diamat Drama, the Tampa Bay Topsider, the Living Paint. You get the idea. That may also go the way of the dodo, meaning extinct. So just a quick heads up for everybody again. Place your order by the 9th of December to ensure it arrives before Christmas. We've got some stocking stuffers there. We've got all sorts of stuff. You could, I mean, a water bottle. That could be a, it could be a big stocking. Not like a sock. It's big. It's for Santa feet. Pretty sure that's how the tale goes. But anyway, uh, more stuff coming soon. Uh, some old stuff being retired. Get your orders in. I'm not going to make any significant changes just yet. Um, so you have time, but I would expect by the end of 2021, new stuff, the Hard March merch shop. So if you're trying to support ya boys, you want to help us get to that sweet, sweet custom match. It is appreciated. And with that said, that's it. Let's go back to the second part of our episode. Thank you very much, everybody. Goodbye. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wasting no time going for the ribs of Jake the Snake Roberts. This is the final, ladies and gentlemen. The winner of this matchup will be the 1996 King of the Ring. Austin with a vile mean streak. It is bona fide, ladies and gentlemen. He is confident. He is focused. He is his own man. Nobody tells Stone. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's over. 
That's it. And the starter applying the year one, two, and he got him. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Victorious over Jake the Snake Roberts. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Appearing to be bleeding from the mouth again. Went to the hospital. Is now the coronation begins. Let's take you up to Doc Hendricks. Doc, go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my oh, ring. Come on. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWE. Because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. He is stone cold. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird All right, stop and it. try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWE superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. All right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, and his remarks? Yes, as far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come, and when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWE champion, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. All right, we Obviously, are back from our match. Ryan, we, I think I know what you're going to say, but what did you think of the match? <laughs> I went through like a range of emotions in that match, but right. I, I respect that match more than many matches that I've, that I've watched in the past. That's gibberish. That doesn't make any fucking... You I think respected it that match? I did. I did respect that match. I think that match made a lot of sense, and it didn't just, you know, play out the way you might... I thought I was going to lose that match, but it played out the way that I would have thought it would have gone. It was a real match. Like, the... It was... If... <laughs> Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I, I think... I, okay, so let me let me translate from Ryan speak to human yeah. English yeah. words. So, so Okay. And because I want to pair this with what you said immediately after the match ended. So right after the match ended, you were like, that's one of the weirdest matches I've ever seen. It was now you're coming back and saying like that, that match went the way that it should have. So, so just to kind of extrapolate all these things together and feel free and correct me if I'm wrong. So basically in summary, and we'll get to the official notes here in just a little bit, but the match was Jake, the snake getting the shit kicked out of him just getting pummeled in the ribs the for like Start. maybe five minutes yeah. and then just he had a brief comeback of maybe Very 20 brief. seconds and yeah. then steve austin just hit him with the stunner pinned him that was over so it like it was very much not a standard wrestling match that we have seen but like from the perspective of like oh like you need to elevate steve austin it did exactly what i don't needed. know if it elevated i mean and like when he gave his like spiel at the end i think it did but like that match was such an odd thing to see from like any of the you know matches what we've seen forty four now, right? 
maybe more. I, well, this I is think. the forty fifth now. Yeah. Okay, that it was very odd, but it was real. It was a real match. Right. Didn't right. have any bullshit. Like you know, it was very authentic, very raw. I did. I said. Did I say authentic? <laughs> you did say authentic. Uh, I, it was authentic, though. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, what do you want me to say? Like, if that's was, the right word to use, then that's the goddamn right word to use. I, yeah, I, I immediately thought I was going to lose that match going into it after I pit, made my pick and then saw what was happening. And then very quickly, the match was even very long. <laughs> oh, it was very quick. I thought you'd yeah. be happy about that. Yes, I thought you'd be very happy about the length of the it match. It was very quick. Um, so... But it yeah. didn't. So, for better or for worse, there was no roller coaster to that match. It there was, was one part, a little bit of a roller, of, where I was sure I was gonna. After what the president came in, and oh, sure. then Jake the Snake kind of like started like, oh, like there. I was like, okay, shit, like for sure, mm-hmm. there's gonna be, and that's exactly what I would have expected. That would have been a regular, but this right. was different. <laughs> it's, this was different. You got to give it credit for that. So. It was not the normal stuff. You have to give him credit, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta give him credit. My uh, guy, Steve Austin, who I never bet against. The first time Ryan has ever picked pre sight unseen, didn't even see any bit of the match, anything like that. Just based on the description alone, made his pick, and it was the correct pick. So let's go to the notes of the match here. Uh, so we 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 kicked things off with a little promo from everyone's favorite Brian Pillman. What did you think of that Brian Pillman interview? It's a lot. <laughs> Uh, there was a reference to raping and pillaging, uh, yeah, and plundering. I think it was Dumber. raping, pillaging, and plundering. It was, yeah, no, it's a little pirate-ish. Yeah, it was very, pirate reference, somewhat pirate-ish. Um, if you just keep it to two, it's it's uh, you know not fit for television. But if you say all three, then it, then it's kind of you know hinting at piratism. So it's okay. I you know he just we went out there and said what he had to say. I don't know if it, I don't, was it right. Was it right? I don't. Think they I thought mean, in it your was. mind, I think it was right because he was talking all sorts of shit about Milwaukee, and you seemed all for that. It was raw and authentic talking <laughs> shit about Milwaukee. So you, you, you hit your quota. No more. No more on this. I house. didn't say it. I didn't say it. I said it one time, and you said it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, he referred to the wretched refuse of uh, of Milwaukee of the people in the in the stadium there. Uh, you also commented not at this point, but you, later in the match. Uh, you noted how like full that building was. So there's a lot of people there to see the old King of the Ring. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was full because of how short and like, like uneventful that match was. <laughs> like, sport. Well, I don't know if there was other matches that they had been watching like up to that or prelims yes. or yeah. There's always was there's always the, like eight matches the, or so per show. Do they? So is this similar to when they do like a concert where you have like? guys leaving for you know the main event or is it like they're all like yeah was that, was that the main match of the night no there was a uh there was a wwf title match that happened after that oh good good for those fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was not the fight that would have been a very like yeah that would have been a very down way of ending yeah, that yeah. Uh, that show but no that was not the main event uh, of that night but but yeah wrestling shows traditionally you'll have Depending on the length of the show, the size and scope, you know, anywhere from, you know, six to ten matches in a show culminating in the main event, which is the last match of the night. That sort of thing, which is usually usually people get sent home happy, but but not always as we have seen in the past. But, uh, OK, so we got the Brian Pillman promo. Uh, Steve Austin makes his entrance and not to like the cool like and you, you're not as. Uh, clearly, as the whole premise of the show, you're not a big wrestling fan, but like 
the the classic iconic Stone Cold Steve Austin music is there's glass that breaks and then it's it's like just this driving sort of rage against the machine esque sort of like uh, beat to it. This was not that. This was like uh, a piano ballad. (laughs) So again, not fully formed as the Stone Cold that would come into come to be over the course of the next year or so. But you know, it's the beginnings. Uh, so his entrance, then Jake came out. He was literally dragging the snake bag behind him. No yeah. snake. So we saw the bag, but no snake. I, I suspect, and not. I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to take this in a weird way. Uh, I don't think there was a real snake in that bag. There was never a real snake in the bag, Eric. Okay, all right. Enough of, enough of that. If the, if the snake makes an appearance, then there was a real snake in the bag. Why would You'd he? See the snake. What was he? He just dragged a bag, like just full of like sand. I mean, who? I don't know what was in the bag. Why didn't he bring the snake? Like that would have been like that would have made this match like much more eventful if he had brought the snake. I was wondering, like in the in the beginning of the match, like if it was going to be in the corner or where it was. But why? Like why not bring the snake to this match? Um, I think by especially by this point, I mean there was probably a couple different things. One, if like things culturally were beginning to change. This is 1996. Like, I, I don't think he was using the snake as much for like reasons of, you know, a little bit more eyeballs and, and like consciousness of like animal cruelty and stuff PETA. like that. Yeah. PETA, sure. That sort of thing. I think there was a certain element of that. And also like, if you're going to, from the perspective of like character stuff, if you're going to use the snake, it should like be an impactful thing. And if you're, going out there to basically just get squashed. It's hard to like implement the snake in a meaningful way. So, so did he always have the snake or did he sometimes just wrestle without the snake? Once he became Jake, the snake, like, uh, depends on the era during this era for the most part. Yes. He, he would wrestle with the snake, but not always, um, in the eighties and early nineties, he always had a snake all the time, but he, but he obviously continued to bring it out. Even if it wasn't there, so so yeah, and so like there so would there be was... shows where like maybe they couldn't get a snake, or maybe you know whatever would happen, and so he would still have the bag. So like to the fans, it's like he still has the snake, but like you, he'd never like make a big thing like I'm gonna bring the snake out because why would you if there's not a real fucking snake in the bag? I think that makes me partially correct on my argument about this fake snake. No, it does not because I we think were it makes me partially. Specific... Oh, I mean, you could you could. I'm I'm not saying. I was necessarily correct, but you weren't. If you look at all the data, sometimes he brings out a fake snake. We were this is a podcast of science. And I did mention that for the record. Anybody <laughs> did go you? back to episode 24. <laughs> I did say that there were times where there was no actual snake, okay. right. but like anytime know, you saw us, you can go back and listen. I know I you know. haven't listened to one goddamn episode, Ryan. So you're awful, awful cocky for someone who's never listened to the product. <laughs> But I did specifically say that if you see a snake, like if he, if there's a snake that comes out of the bag, that means that he brought a real snake with him. There was no switcheroo of the bag at any point. But there were definitely times where you didn't see a snake, which meant there was no snake. I see. So this was one of those times. I'm sure he was not dragging just a fucking drugged up snake in a, <laughs> in a bag to, didn't do anything. But yeah, to keep up appearances and to kind of complete the Jake the Snake character, he'd at least have the bag where you're presuming there's a snake inside. He looked. He looked unfit to carry a snake into that uh, into that it's ring. It. It's all because of your boy Vader, the fucking boy meets world dad. <laughs> up our, our fella, 
uh, left him with some some broken ribs or bruised ribs or whatever the fuck it was. And I think you should I think you should probably watch that episode. Maybe it would be um, maybe who won? A Vader one. Vader one. Yeah, because like Corey was giving him like it. Corey was giving Vader's son advice. Vader was upset that you know his son didn't know about wrestling, but Corey did, and and that's how they bonded eventually. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I'll ch- you know what? I will remind me. I know you yeah, won't. I'll put it on your Outlook me. calendar. Yeah, throw it on my Outlook yeah. calendar. I appreciate it. Uh, but as far as the match, I mean, honestly, what's there to tell? Uh, Jake makes his entrance. Uh, Austin immediately kicks him in the ribs. And then 95% of all the moves in the match are either Steve Austin kicking Jake in the ribs or Steve Austin, like, dropping a forearm on Jake the Snake's ribs. There's a point no, very brief. Go ahead. I mean, he also tore off all the bandage, bandage right. on the ribs, and then and then also when when I thought he was going to lose, he went right in with the head to the ribs too. You're 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 getting you're getting a little ahead of us, but yes. Oh, so yeah. so basically, the the match is again ninety five percent rib attacks. Eventually, Austin starts pulling the bandages off of Jake's ribs. That's when Gorilla Monsoon, the president of the WWF, shows up. He's he's like basically tells Austin get the fuck back. And he's like, do you want me to stop the match, Jake? Jake's like, no, don't stop the match. And I think this is the part where you were like really concerned because you were like, oh, God, he's going to not quit. He's going to fire back and he's yeah, going to win yeah. this match, which didn't happen. So so after they, they basically restart the match, Jake does briefly, briefly, briefly fire back up. I think he hits like three or four punches. And then, as you mentioned, Austin cuts him off, jabs his shoulder into uh, Jake's ribs like over and over and over in the corner. And that's yeah. basically the end of the match. Then he picks up Jake one more time, hits him with the Stone Cold Stummer, Stummer, Stunner, uh, and that is the end of the match. What did you think of the Stone Cold Stunner? Did you like it? Is that a finishing move no. appropriate for a man of Steve Austin's stature? I, they called it, like, when he did the move, I didn't know that was a finishing move, but they called it, like, it's over, it's over, he's like, you know. And you and laughed, like, you were like, this yeah, is... Yeah, of course not, like, it's not gonna, this, this doesn't line up with what I've seen in, uh, you know, 44 other matches, or 40, right, exactly. so, Data so, just doesn't check out. I, yeah, I was shocked and blown away when he, uh, when he finished it. But that's my guy, you know, that's the guy I picked, and, you know, that's, that's, you know. It's, it's, and you, you, you're ride or die, and that's what I that's what I appreciate you about you, ride. Yeah. You ride or die us, and really, and so that sets up really the whole reason why we watch this fucking match because it definitely wasn't for the match itself, which I I mean I'd never seen it before, not well worth uh, everyone's time, but I'm sure I'll I'll post the link so everyone can access it if you want to check it out. But really, the main reason we did watch this is for the promo afterwards, which everybody points back to as. That is the launching pad yeah, for yeah, yeah. the Stone Cold Steve Austin that we all would come to know, uh, specifically with the you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it doesn't go <laughs> anywhere. You talk about your Psalms. You talk about your John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Great. That was yeah. the line of the promo. And like it got a pretty big response, like in just in the moment, like the crowd kind of popped for it. But like, you have no idea, Ryan, how big Austin 316 would become over the course of the next like two years. I feel like like at that time in 1996, saying something like that would be more meaningful than it would be today. Yes, you know, like sure. people were more like they knew like 
verses of the Bible, and like it's just a, it's a it's a great reference to be especially like, Milwaukee, the fine people. <laughs> in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, and so um, that was that was great. That was great, and it you know. So back then, not so much anymore now, which is actually a good thing for the for the record, especially anyone who actually inte- goes to live WWE shows. But back then signs fucking everywhere everyone would make a goddamn sign they'd bring it to the to the show with them they try and get on tv whatever in the months that followed there became just more and more and more austin 316 signs over and then eventually they of course designed the austin 316 shirt that became the biggest selling t-shirt in wrestling history um so yeah that was the spring but also, one last thing I'll mention around this, and if you have any questions, let me know. Everyone likes to point to this interview that he did as like that's the fucking thing that made him a superstar. And like in retrospect, it did, but like the WWF really didn't do much with him over the course of the next four or five months. Like it wasn't until a later feud that we'll actually get around to watching in the next few few episodes that really kind of made Steve Austin a huge star. But like this is kind of the the catapult that got him on that trajectory. So. Yeah. I mean, you could just see it. Like if you're if you're an outsider watching it, that that line right there <laughs> fucking killed it. Like Yeah. I mean it's like it's like a rap battle when you just get destroyed, you know, like yeah, I mean you he just went off on it, like, you know, like I thought I thought also like when he was doing that interview that Jake the Snake was gonna maybe like come back on like and like and like pull him down. I still was a little concerned that it wasn't over. I heard you like <laughs> oh uh oh and then but I didn't I didn't realize that was why. Yeah, okay. no, you just see we went back in, so yeah, <laughs> no. um one other thing I actually didn't so there was actually two Steve Austin catchphrases that, that were born in that promo. The Austin three sixteen one everybody knows. I didn't realize until I watched the biography that came out earlier this year about Austin. Uh, his closing line of, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so, which is how he would close all of his promos. That was the first time he ever said that too. So I, I, I didn't realize um, that until just within the past month, couple months or so. Uh, but that's our match. So I guess we should do the science. I don't envy you because this was a fucking weird yeah, ass. Match. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Personally, to... I didn't like the match at all, but the promo was very, very good. So I mean, I'm gonna let you way scientifically uh, how all that's gonna you know affect your your this, opinion this is gonna be it's gonna be it, it is i don't know how to put it <laughs> okay uh, hold on let me let me pull this up take a look here where would i put it let's see here i won't say it out loud because i want to taint the data taint uh, the data. i don't want i hate tainting the data <laughs> there's one thing I, there's one thing i can't stand it's tainted data Nancy, okay, if it was me, oh gosh, I think I would probably put it lower than where I think you're going to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I know just about where I'd put it, but what what are you, what are you thinking? So it's, it's a different match. Like, so it's, hold on, give me, give me a second to like scroll okay. through. Okay. Don't, don't tell me. I'm going to ask you a quick question. Do not tell me what the answer is right yeah. now. Do you have a range in mind that you're thinking? Don't tell you. Yeah, do not tell me. Just tell me if you have a range in mind right now. Again, I'm trying not yeah. to any data. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I okay. think so. Okay, so here, okay, I'm glad that you do. Do you want to know what number I would put this? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and this is, I'm sure, going to be lower than where you put it. 
I would put this as 33. Yeah, it's slower. <laughs> in my range. <laughs> maybe um, we'll do this. Maybe this will be... Now that we have like so many fucking matches on here, maybe I'll hit you with like my thought. Yeah. And, uh, and we get to your ranking. But yeah, I would put it 33. Just because I'm looking over those... Like, I hated the fucking match. I agree with you. It like was laid out the way that it should. But like, if you told me you have to rewatch that match again, I'm like, I really don't want to. I'll skip. Yeah, to the- a- <laughs> but I, I think it was like there is more like outside factors. Like if the match itself was like someone else, or like it it would it would have been a pretty lame match. <laughs> yeah. But there's a reason that everybody talks about the interview afterwards, and nobody talks about the match itself. Should I tell you the range or? No, this... I don't care about the ranges. I mean, what do you, want, you want to pick? Unless you uh, want me to help you determine where this should go. I I was thinking around like in the 25 20 range. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit higher than me, but uh, 25 20 range. Let's like see. It, it's just, it's, I initially, initially I was 25 to 15, but I don't know if I can disrespect some of the matches, you know, up to 15. <laughs> Because it wasn't like a, it, but I liked it. But I liked it. Sure. So, right. Um, so I mean, of the of that range that you're talking about, I think the one that we watched most recently was Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. That's twenty two. Yeah, right here. Um, There's also Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, which we also watched fairly recently. That I thought you were going to rank like pretty high. I thought you were going to redeem yourself in the eyes of all of our female listeners. But you really tanked that one pretty bad. So uh, twenty. <laughs> how about how about like a we'll put it twenty three. Okay. Put it so replacing British Bulldogs and versus yeah. Jack yeah, Foley. Let's, let's, the, let's, let's. Do you remember that match? <sighs> I should like not let you rank things unless you know for a fact of one thing that happened in the match. Well, yeah, give me give me give me a rundown on that. <laughs> that, that was the one where um, I mean, really the most notable thing that was Cactus Jack before he was Cactus Jack. He got his jaw broken with a clothesline, and then he couldn't close his mouth for the rest of the match. That was part of our lightning round episode 20. But it was a squash match. It wasn't anything, like, uh, amazing. Yeah, let's put 23. Okay. All right. New number 23. Let me make a note to myself. Cool. All right. So that brings us to, sadly enough, I know everybody, you know, Loves the time spent with the the, the hard mark boys, but you know, the, here's the thing about life, everybody. You know, uh, you can't appreciate the ups without the downs. You can't appreciate a new episode of Hard Mark unless another episode has ended, and so that's what we have come to here today, the end of the episode. But of course, we would never leave you without a little bit of, and I can't pull this off. Actually, can I? I might be able to pull this off. Let's see. Well, if you're bored. yeah, maybe this will work. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if this works. Eric's wisdom tree. Nice, nice. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow, I can't believe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just go. Just do your Eric's wisdom tree and uh... I fix it. I think yeah. I fixed it. Yeah. Okay, good. That's good that I can still do it virtually. I'm, that's that's a positive. Um, okay. So last episode, you really shit all over my fucking wisdom tree. You were like, oh, I fucking hear that shit on TikTok all the time. It's fucking stupid. It well, was got stupid. Piece- <laughs> was not. It was not. If you, smell, if, you, was, if you meet assholes all day, you're the asshole. That's important. Terrible wisdom tree. 
Well, here's a good one. This was not something you've heard on TikTok, Ryan. You fucking yeah. addict. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with this. And we've done a lot of uh, studies. We've got the surveys out there. We've found there's a huge cross section of the markomaniacs that also are uh, pond owning individuals. So I'm gonna give a word of advice to any pond owners uh, that are of many many thousands of pond owners here in the in the hard mark universe uh don't put leaves in your pond you may you know and it and it, of course it, it stands to reason that like oh you're you're using a leaf blower where where would it make sense to collect all these leaves that you're trying to clean up in the fall well put put them in your pond that'll make it easy to collect i i can see how you would easily think that and fall into that trap of of of, of believing that the pond would be a great place to collect those leaves but it turns out uh, leaves do not decompose in water. Uh, they just kind of uh, uh, stay there, and, and eventually they turn into to mud. Um, and so that that is my piece of, of wisdom to everybody. Do not put <laughs> leaves in your pond. You will probably spend uh, several hours cleaning that pond, uh, getting all the pond scum and pond water out of it, and then having to clean that pond so you can refill it with uh, neat, cool, crisp, uh, nice new water. You're, you're just saying this because you have a pond. I mean, as do many of the Markomaniacs. You're, you're set. You're, you're <laughs> We've done the I, survey. I've never had a pond. Okay. I lived in middle You'll get there, kid. You know, maybe you start making some more financial vi- financially viable decisions. I didn't grow money, up having a pond. As opposed to gambling there. it all away, you might have a pond someday. What about... I, I think you're acting like people have ponds more than they actually have ponds. No I, one has a pond. Who I has a pond? Thirty percent of our audience. Thirty percent. Oh, absolutely. Thirty fucking percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Tony Tate pond. Tony Tate has a pond. Oh, sure he does. Tony Tate is not a fucking pond. Tony Tate oh. does not own a pond. Tony Tate That's... does not have a title that has a pond. Presumptuous. I mean, he swings a hell of a pindo stick, and I bet he has a pond. If he doesn't have a pond now, he will have a pond in the next five years. I guarantee it. (laughs) He could, maybe, if he... Tony Tate doesn't have a fucking pond right now. You're saying that he's not capable of owning a pond? I'm saying he does not own a pond. Then you're saying that 30% of our viewers currently have a pond. Pond-owning individuals. (laughs) Um, I mean... Just because you haven't made it there yet, there's no reason to cast shade on this. I'm saying don't put leaves in your pond. I, I, that's, that's I, all I, this I is, Ryan. I don't disagree with you, but your whole premise was that like a, but most of our listeners have ponds. So many pond nope. owning individuals. 30%. We, we are catering to the one percenters of the wrestle science community <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest, Ryan. There's a lot of fucking pond owners that listen to this program on a bi-weekly basis every Thursday. And I assume you blew your own leaves into a pond thinking they were going to decompose. And <laughs> I mean, I can't confirm or deny that as a possibility. Pardon fish, me? You have fish in your pond? Not after I put leaves in it. <laughs> Turns out leaves, in addition to uh, not decomposing, they kill fish. So, you, <laughs> so you, that's you, another you, reason. You passed pond owning, had fish. I, I owned two fish. Orig- well, I inherited two fish. I didn't buy them. You blew your fucking mulch into the. You dumped your your electric lawnmower mulch into the fucking pond. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. That's flat. <laughs> that's factually incorrect. This is like the snake thing all over again. Oh, I did, it was not mulch. It was leaves. I blew. I have an electric, which I actually use the same <laughs> goddamn battery that I use for my lawnmower because that's more efficient that way. Yeah, I yeah. blew the leaves 
from my yard into the pond as a collection point in the in the thought, the hopes that okay, I'll just skim, I'll pool skim the leaves out, and that'll make it much much easier than like you know doing other shit. Wait, okay, I have a couple points. I don't want to like run this on too long, but one very busy person. Did you just forget? To like skim the pond for leaves because it seems like you left them in there long enough to turn into mud. Ah, uh, yes, I left them in there for. Uh, so you uh, were planning on going back in the future, like just like Tony Tate's future holds a pond in it. You in the future were gonna like skim this pond for leaves, but you didn't do it <laughs> at the time. Right. Okay. I'm just now tending to the pond. So I, just, I've been very busy. This podcast takes a lot of my time. I'm, I, I'm, I'm Ryan. Here's the thing you don't understand. I'm guesting on all these other shows. There's probably going to be, you know, other commercials and things of promos that I've of all these multitudes of Canadian shows. I, I did a, I did a show with a, a nice Swedish man not mm, too long mm, ago okay. uh, that I'm sure people will be hearing. If if you haven't heard it already, you'll probably hear it. So, so I'm a very busy individual. I don't have sure. time to just skim at a moment's notice but your plan uh, was to like skim immediately yeah to skim in the <laughs> in the short term future and so right. then you kind of have your collection point and then you can just very easily put it into your yard waste bin but these were not mulching so i want to make that very clear <laughs> this was not a mulch situation i blew the leaves into the pond okay and then they killed the fish because i did not skim them quickly enough uh right. and they you're, then you're they fish. just then pond scum started forming and it became a very unsightly pond. And so just over the past like week or so, I had to uh, take a bucket and just manually empty the pond out. Uh, and then once Were you I could, in the pond when you did that, how, yeah. how deep is your, your pond? Mm, so it's, it's two different levels. The deepest part I would say is like maybe two and a half to mm. three feet, perhaps like wow. it's probably deep enough where if you like sat down, it would be like a little pool. Or just two feet. <laughs> well, I mean, but you That's could sit so down. It would be like an above-ground pool, but it's a pond. Okay. Yeah, just but it, you it know what? Just... I would say it's it's like a two per... It's big enough. You've, have you not seen it? You've been to my I, home. I know, I know where it is. I just I don't think I've actually like gone over to your Even pond. Even toward the grounds? I don't think so. And I, I, I kind of wish I would. Yeah, like... I mean, because I only know one person with a pond, and it's you. Because not not everyone has ponds like you like you assume. Well, I mean, you know, not to toot my own horn, but you're from Snohomish. The, I'm I'm from an upper crust society here, <laughs> in Woodenville. Uh, I brought the Woodenville class to Everett, you, so now I'm, I'm bringing pond communities okay, with my water okay. feature to Everett too. I, you know what yeah. also happened today in a nice fortuitous thing. So every here's another. I'm going to give you two pieces of wisdom for Eric's wisdom tree. First piece of wisdom: don't put leaves in your pond. Second piece of wisdom: sometimes. When God closes a door, he opens a window. And here's, here's That's Eric 316. Eric 316. When God closes a door, he opens a window. And here's why I'm saying that. When we first moved into this house, like two-ish, a little over two years ago, there was a little wooden bear thing that you would find at like a county fair up here in Washington State. Like, you know, like the chainsaw bear things. It was like a little one, but it was like a little wooden bear guy, right? You know what I'm talking about? A little wooden bear that's I, like weaving. It's, it's like a carved, painted yeah. bear. Are, are we? 
Why are you like, acting weird about this? Well, just like, a totem, like a totem pole bear. Not a totem pole bear, but like a wooden bear carving. Anyway, I had one of those. And then oh. one day, within like the first like three or four months of living here, the fucking bear disappeared. And I was like, where the fuck did the goddamn bear go? I had no idea. Today, cleaning the pool out, I found the bear. Clean the pool. <laughs> if the pond. I cleaned oh. the pond and I found the bear. Okay. So maybe the whole reason that I put the leaves in the pond originally was because, you know, fate, destiny wanted me to find this bear and, and, you know, bring it back to its former state of glory. It's hard to say. I don't know. Fate moves in mysterious, mysterious ways. This could all be a Mandela effect for all I know. It's hard to, hard to put a finger on it. With all of that said, if you are not hard, you should get hard. And once you get hard, you should stay hard. Take it, sleazy everybody. I don't honestly really give a shit about Milwaukee. 